Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, October 31st. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a nonprofit women's health clinic in Jackson is working with a CDC foundation to inform pregnant people about the importance of staying up to date with their COVID-19 vaccinations. Then a Jackson mother is calling for justice after her son was hit in a vehicle driven by an off-duty police officer and buried in an unmarked grave. Plus, we hear the story of a breast cancer survivor who suffered two bouts of the disease and is doing well. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A CDC Foundation outreach campaign is working to inform pregnant people about the importance of staying up to date with their COVID-19 shots. Even though many people have returned to a normal lifestyle, hundreds are still dying each day from the virus. To help address this lack of urgency, the CDC Foundation has launched an outreach campaign targeted at pregnant Black and Hispanic people. Our Will Stribling speaks with Getty Israel, founder of the nonprofit Women's Women's Health Clinic Sisters in Birth in Jackson. She says pregnant women of color are at a much higher risk of contracting diseases and having severe outcomes. Education is key to making sure women understand what the facts are. The misinformation from the real information is very important. And what we realized was a significant number of doctors weren't talking to their patients about COVID, and even some doctors, a few doctors, discouraged women from getting the vaccine because they were misinformed. And then there was pretty much very little outreach targeting pregnant women who are the most vulnerable, more vulnerable than seniors are pregnant women uh, because their bodies, you know, once they become pregnant, their bodies are at risk for a lot of things. Their immune system is weakened, their lung capacity is reduced, and their heart is under stress to pump more blood. And so any underlying risk factors like hypertension, like diabetes, our pregnant population for the most part is not healthy. So I don't know why anyone would expect these women to be healthy when they become pregnant. That's a lot. And Mississippi has the highest maternal mortality. Mississippi has the highest death rate of COVID-19 in the nation. That's the general population. Mississippi has the second highest chronic respiratory disease. This is among the general population. And so all of these things are in play 
uh, and for the general population, and it's even multiplied a hundred times or more for a pregnant person, and they simply don't know that they are an infectious disease person waiting to happen, if she's vaccinated, it reduces the risk of her ending up in the hospital. But if she's not vaccinated, she's more likely to end up in the hospital. She's more likely to go to the ICU. She may not go home. Her baby's more likely to be, if it's born alive, her baby's more likely to be in the NICU. Like you said that COVID is still with us, even though it's not just totally encompassing like it was in 2020. So do you think that having those conversations will be easier now because we, you know, we have all, all of this data on it or it will be harder because, you know, they've held out for three years and it's like, why would I do it now when I've been fine for so long? It will be much more difficult. If they weren't willing to get vaccinated when thousands of people were dying, they're less likely to get vaccinated now when the, the tidal wave associated with the pandemic is behind us. And they also don't want to wear a mask. We can't force anyone to get vaccinated, but if they're coming in the clinic, they have to at least wear a mask. At the end of the day, the only thing you can do is talk to people and share uh, the facts with them. But it's their decision whether or not they want to continue to put themselves at risk and their families at risk. And unfortunately, a lot of pregnant women do. And many of the pregnant women who ended up in the hospital and who died were Medicaid or they had no insurance coverage at all. I mean, that's, that's what we're dealing with. With this uh, CDC Foundation partnership, what does their involvement look like? Is there any funding attached to it, or is it just like, here, here's good material, disseminate it well, as you can? Uh, it, some funding and uh, materials, and I, I really like the new campaign because the new campaign uh, is associated with real women telling their stories about why they get pregnant, why they got vaccinated, and how they got protected. That's why it's called Pregnant and Protected. For anyone who wants to know more information about that, they can go to pregnantandprotected.org website, I believe is the correct, there's the correct link, URL. Getty Israel is founder of the nonprofit women's health clinic, Sisters in Birth, based in Jackson. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. A Jackson woman and her attorneys are calling for the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate the death of her son after he was struck by an off-duty police officer's vehicle in March. The family says they were notified about his death in August. 37-year-old Dexter Waite was buried in an unmarked grave. His mother, Betterston Waite, says she had no clue what happened to her son and received no answers from police. She said she had searched for Dexter since March. He was my only son. And I would have never thought this had happened to him. Couldn't nobody could have even told me in my sleep that that's what happened to him. After time, after time, they told me they couldn't find him. Nothing, nothing. He ain't in the morgue. Is he in a mental hospital? Is he in the hospital? Maybe don't know himself? No, we can't check the hospital because 
Uh, we don't have that authority. He ain't anymore. Okay. So I just kept pounding the street looking for him. I mean, how could you not say this is a vendetta or this is intentionally? Mm. I put in a missing report. They're my address. They're my phone number. Same thing on his medical records. Mm -hmm. How could they not? How could they not put all that together? I mean, evidence prove itself. It's not nothing just saying what her number got mixed up. I gave you a second chance to get the number right because I filed a missing report. Mm. There again, my number, my name, my address. And they still missed it? What kind of system do we work upon? Do you think about the system here? Wade's attorney says Jackson police abandoned their efforts to notify the family after they couldn't reach her by phone. But she says that's hard for her to believe. I was just concerned. Where is he? It's our norm for him to not to call or him not to tell me or I know somewhere he is and he's there. Or somebody called me and say, oh, Dexter over here. He didn't leave home and didn't call me. He would call me and say, Mom, I'm in so-and-so and so high. Mom, I love you. And you know what? If he do something, uh, we have a misunderstanding, he'll come back. Mom, I'm so sorry. I was just, I was just messing around with you. I love you, Mom. And I, you know, we go on from there. But this time, this time, this time, he did not come back. He did not call. I kept saying it's unknown for him not to call and say, Mom, I want a cigarette. You know, it was just unknown for him not to call me. You know, I just couldn't believe it. So that's why I reached out. I said, let me reach out to the police officers and see, can they help me? Because I don't have nowhere else to go. Everybody said they ain't seen him. Everybody said they didn't know where he was. Where else did I have to turn? I had to turn to somebody that had more power than I did. And that's our police department. Our police department is supposed to help. Help. When you call out and say, help, JPD, help. Betterston Wade is the mother of Dexter Wade, a 37-year-old from Jackson who was struck by a vehicle driven by an off-duty police officer. What is Chalkboard Chat? It's an MPB education podcast. It's a variety show providing information and resources for teachers, students, parents, guardians, and everyday people on various topics. It's learning something new with every publication. Chalkboard Chat. Find the podcast or listen from chalkboardchat.mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Today is the last day of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Doctors are asking women in Mississippi to do monthly self-checks and talk with their doctor about the disease. Greenwood resident Cora Denise Lowe is a breast cancer survivor. She has been through two bouts of the disease, and she was first diagnosed in 2012, and after she was treated, she received a second diagnosis in 2017. Uh, I have lumpy breasts, and, and that is usually the case with a lot of African-American females. That's why they can't detect it. 
and I had a uh, ductal cancer, and at the same time I was having a bowel with hydronitis. And five years later, I had a lobular cancer. The first one was in my left breast. The second was in my right breast. And I was very concerned because, you know, they tell you that when it comes back, it's worse. But I was very blessed that in each case, it was caught really early. And because it was, the cancer itself was not very big. But in the first case, the hydronitis complicated the cancer. And in the second case, they found some cancer in one of my lymph nodes. So I had to have chemo. Had you been getting mammograms on a regular basis and doing self-checks? Every year and every month I did a, I did the self-check and I got breast cancer. Uh, I mean, I got the mammogram and everything. That's why when they told me I had cancer the first time, I really didn't believe them. Was it the self-check or the mammogram that showed cancer? Actually, it was my doctor. I was in a wellness visit, and the doctor said, you you know, I feel something. You need to have uh, a mammogram. So the mammogram and the mammogram, I told her, no, it isn't cancer. I have lumpy breasts. I did the mammogram, and it showed cancer. And they had to really tie me down to do the ultrasound because I just didn't believe I had cancer. You say, yes, you do. The mammogram shows a mass. I just couldn't hardly believe it, but I wasn't really upset about it because I'm a woman of God, and I knew that if I had cancer, God had a better plan for me. You are a pastor. Um, I was wondering, because that was my next question, for years when you heard cancer, it was considered a death sentence. You didn't think about death? No, I didn't think it was a death sentence. I didn't even think it was going to be a a difficult procedure. I never thought, even though the hydronitis was very severe, because I had balls under my breast, on my breast, and up in my armpit, but I never felt like the cancer was severe. I don't know why, I just didn't. And my faith and my trust was in God. How was your cancer, the initial cancer diagnosis treated, especially with you having those painful boils? I had surgery. And after my surgery, I had a problem with healing because I continued to uh, release fluid. So I had a fluid bag on me for about three months. Then I had radiation. And after radiation, I went back to work. And I thought for sure after I got it again, he was going to remove my breast, but he said no, because the cancer in the right breast was independent of the cancer in the left breast. So it didn't spread. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. So many women experience breast cancer at different stages, And for African-American women, as you know, it's often caught at a much later stage. Mm -hmm. What would you say to other women to encourage them to check themselves and also get mammograms? And I understand, I was looking this up, mammograms can cost anywhere between $200 and $300 Mm -hmm. if you don't have insurance. 
One of my cancer help groups was the Fannie Lou Hamer Cancer Foundation, uh, headed by Freddie White Johnson, especially in the Delta. Her foundation right now, if you fill out the paperwork, you can get a free mammogram, and she's giving away a $50 gift certificate to Walmart. That's, you know, that's the first thing. And a lot of people don't want to get the mammogram because they have been told how painful it is. But then what I say to them when they say that to me is the mammogram might be painful for a few minutes because the pain doesn't last. But if you don't get checked and you have cancer, it's going to affect you the rest of your life. Denise Lowe, thank you so much for your time and speaking with us. We really appreciate it, sharing your story. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that we were able to make the connection. Cora Denise Lowe of Greenwood has survived breast cancer twice. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Our executive producers, Kobe Vance, join us tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi Edition. 